Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And we're coming to you for, uh, you know, we're almost up to the magic 230 Church Planner podcast. I think 230. I think What's this is 229. That? I think this is 229. Uh, I, it's, I, don't, it's, I don't know what's magic. I mean, 250 sounds better. It's a round number. Oh, no, wait. This is 230. Never mind. We're here for the magical 230. <laughs> oh, I, you know, when you said 230 just then, I felt something charged through me. Did did you uh, feel the disturbance in the force? Yeah, but I think it was the airplane food. Oh, when did you get back? Like what time? Like twelve thirty p.m. or a.m. Did you land at twelve thirty or did you? No, I landed. So check it out. I landed in LAX and um, took the blue shuttle. You know, because my 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 uh, what's that the the uber is hooked up to the wrong credit card i only use uber when i'm doing stuff with nam so i'm like uh you know I, i'll get the blue shuttle because andrew didn't have it on her phone and it was late and uh hey train did you miss me and uh so anyways i got the blue shuttle and man it is just such a bad i, I that's my last blue shuttle even andrew's like i'm getting uber on my phone now so we can put the right credit card on you can it. have multiple credit cards you know in uber can you really? Yes, because you can have a business account and your personal account. Oh, see, that's what I need right there. And if the IRS is listening, I have mine separated. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, God is listening. There is so. no personal for me. Everything I do is business. Come on. Just remember, God is listening, Pete. That's all I'm saying. So, hey, before we oh, actually saying. get into uh, our smack talk, and if this is your first time listening to the Church Planner Podcast, first of all, we don't apologize. So, <laughs> you're listening. And um, 
Secondly, uh, we do a little thing called Smack Talk. This is where Peyton and I get to catch up on each other's lives. You get to listen in. We give you that privilege, that honor to listen in on what's going on in our lives. Well, we we talk about current events or really important things like when a new Star Wars film comes out or, you know, I don't know why I made that plural. Like a new Star Wars films comes out. I'm English. Oh. See, I, I, guys, it's, I really It's wa- okay. It's okay. You're a little scared. A little nervous. It's okay. Do it again. There we go. Don't Take do that. There we go. Yeah. For everybody who's missed we the soundboard. We got sound our sound bites back. Not, I actually, I really don't have Ned Flanders. Like, that's the one that, that bugs me no. the most. <laughs> we, uh, I finally got Calm the soundboard. down, Dingley, Dingley. <laughs> did their best, Shadley. I got that thing back so up. memorized now. So, um, anyway, guys, we're going to get in some uh, church planning goodness uh, in a bit. Uh, in fact, Peyton, why don't you tell them what today's topic is? Today's topic is finding the ideal core team member. We're not talking leaders. We're talking, what do you want people to do? Who who are the kinds of people you want? We talked about repellent, uh, you know, ministry last week. It said missional or attractional, but really, that was a lie. It was really about repellent. Uh, ministry. You repel people sometimes. You don't want everybody to come along. But who are the ideal people that you do want on your team? Not leadership team, just on your church planting team. Who do you want to go with you? So that's what our topic's going to be. And before we get to that, I actually uh, I got a question here for you, Peyton, that that I don't know if you know, but uh, did you know that 98% of people say they would attend church if invited by a friend? I did know that. I knew that it was a high number. I thought it was lower, but still pretty high. And yet only 2% of churchgoers say they're actively inviting. Mm. What's wrong with this picture? Reach was started to change that stat. It's to give people a better way to invite. Yes, I just segued into a new sponsor for the Church Planner Podcast. Dum, dum, dum. Wait, 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 wait. Here, I should give them the proper music for the background. <laughs> That's our music. That is that is actually the uh, music for the Bivo Inner Circle, but uh, we're, we're lending it to Reach right now, our new sponsor. Reach, you guys, you guys, Reach, you need to hire John Williams to make you a theme song, although he's dead. I, I wonder, now, you know how uh, Andy was like telling you, hey, I think you guys might be infringing on copyrights. This might actually be infringing on a copyright. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm probably. just throwing that out there. Yeah, now you just got Reach in trouble with Disney. You know what? I think Reach can take them. You know why? Because they got the Reach. This is an off day for you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was reading MMA articles before we started. So anyway, guys, here's a little bit about Reach. Reach equips congregations to invite friends in a powerful and scalable way. In fact, for every check-in on Facebook or tag on Instagram, a donation is made to Kingdom Building Cause. More people hear about church from their friends and more good is done around the world. It's as simple as that. Reach is offering a special promotion for the Church Planner Podcast listener our family, our congregation, our peeps right here to get your first month for free. To get started, just visit causely.com forward slash reach. C-A-U-S-E-L-Y dot com forward slash reach. That's cool, man. All you got to well, do is sign up and use the special code podcast and you're going to get your first 
month for free. That is just for our Church Planner Podcast listeners. Also, something to know about Causely is that not only does it lead to more exposure in your community, um, it helps people engage you online before they attend. And then lastly, um, they give back to church planting. They're passionate about church planting themselves. So just be aware of that. And they also uh, feed people in different countries like Burma and other third world countries. So Causely is a company that gives yeah. back. So the thing that I we really don't just take anybody. Yeah, the thing that I really like about them and what they're doing is uh, for a lot of pastors and churches, they really don't get social media like they think they do because they're, you know, like, oh, hey, look, we got a Facebook page or whatever, but they don't know how to engage people on social media. So they're kind of taking over that for people. And um, and I'm all about like, you know, in the business world, we're all about doing joint ventures and referrals, and they're basically getting the people in your congregation to do referrals. So that's really cool. That is cool, man. Yeah. So what's a smack, man? So guys, we, we will get into the topic, but if you're new, we, we do this little thing called smack talk and I'm severely jet lagged, sleep deprived and a little bit emotional, emotionally jacked up. And, uh, I am also verbally challenged. I can't talk today. So, um, we'll get into some smack. Pete will probably drive the ship for a little bit on this cause, uh, I'll need all my faculties to, uh, to make sense when it comes to the church planning dealio. You know, um, I really don't have enough smack. I, I, I don't have enough smack talk for today. Yeah. No, me neither, man. I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't get that many rude uh, emails since our last podcast. <laughs> you know, I don't know if oh, all really? the, I don't know if all the pastors like heard that or like Pete's going to start making fun of us on the air. We, we can't tell them what we really think. <laughs> Well, what I can tell you is I got a taste of what it was like to be an old person. So, um, my, uh, so I, you know, if you, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know that my mom just passed and I was Becky still with that. And I had to load one of those pods. Have you ever seen one of those? Uh, yeah. My neighbor's got two of them in their front driveway. Oh man. Uh, what's up with that? Like, why do people storm in their driveway for like a year? I don't know. But it's like I've a garage a extension. So we're not doing that. Like we're actually taking the pod and having it stored at the pod facility. It's Are you like guys going to sell the stuff in it? Like why did people no. do the pod to begin with? Well, because we're getting ready to remodel the house. So when we remodel, we can need our crap out of there. Well, here's kind what, of. Are you going to like remodel it, put furniture in it? Yeah. So it's kind of like a storage container for your crap. But we're just getting rid of a lot of stuff here, and then we'll go top it up, the rest of it, because we didn't fill it all the way. It was just stuff my mom had. And my mom had really cool stuff. So, like, if I'm looking around my office and I have bookshelves, well, my mom had this rad, like, antique stuff from England. And I'm like, oh, that looked look way better than my – so we just got stuff that we could replace. And then a few family heirlooms, like one is a three-foot by four-foot dollhouse that my grandfather built with his blood, sweat, and tears over like a six-year period. So that's kind of important. So that was the whole reason for the pod. And we just got no place to put it till we remodel. So anyways, all that to say, you know, they tell you, we'll drop it off. Tell us when you want to pick it up. So we had it picked up the day before we left. And man, I am telling you, like, I don't have friends in Alabama. And all my family are like, women in their fifties or sixties, all my aunts and, uh, all everybody, all the males in my family are jacked up. They're like, Oh, I just had surgery on my arm or 
oh, my back went out. You know, this is what happens when you get old. And uh, so I, I felt like what it was to be old because I literally have not used some of the muscles I had to use to load this thing up. And I was doing it by myself, man. Um, my, my brother runs a biker club on the East Coast. So uh, he has local chapters all over um, Eastern U.S. And so some of his bikers would be like, hey, man, you need help? Like, I got that nonstop when I was there. They were rad. So these bikers had come. And so one night I had a biker come and help me load up the heavy stuff that I couldn't do by myself. But the rest, I'm like, I got this. Anyways, man, I sat there 30 minutes before the guy came. And I had been working as hard as I could in southern humidity, which is just murderous, Pete. You would have you would have for surely killed someone. You'd be in jail right now <laughs> if you had to work in that. And um, Pete, Pete, Pete doesn't like the sun. And uh, we're sworn enemies. They are that hugging and uh, meet and greets um, and any any public displays of affection. Did, did you see enemies. that article that Barry tagged me in this morning <laughs> on Facebook? Yeah. Finally, a church for introverts. There's absolutely uh, no hugging, no greeting, no uh, meet and turn around and meet your neighbor, no shaking hands, no greeter at the front door. And I was reading someone's comments and this one person commented, you guys all think this is funny, but this is actually my dream church. And if they could add to that, no hymnals and no contemporary Christian music. And I was like, oh, I found my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> That's so rad. I think you found your coat planters, what you found. But, uh, you know, it, it's funny because um, a guy in New Zealand actually sent me that same same article oh, saying, he? hey, this is Pete to a T. So, uh, anyways, but going on from that, what's up I with our international audience doing that? Because Barry's in the UK, someone from uh -huh. New Zealand sent that to you. Is everyone here like that's a little bit too close to home? I, I can't <laughs> can't bring that up to Pete here. <laughs> they, they, they maybe they feel they're touching something sacred. I don't know, but but here's the deal. I ended up um, sitting on the sofa that was going to get picked up anyways, just unable to move. Like literally, could not. What was so strapped and tired and exhausted knowing that the dude was coming in 30 minutes and I had to have all this crap in the pod and uh and I still had about 10 pieces of furniture to move and 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 by the way I had to wrap them like I had to like bubble tape them and cardboard box them and because you you got to have this stuff so it doesn't move so it's not like just like I was moving a few pieces of furniture I did this stuff for days mm. like getting all this stuff ready for days moving stuff through this this house and it sounds like nothing but i gotta tell you i thought i'd have it done in a day and i was working from like 7 a.m to like 10 at night or 9 at night and dude i just sat there the last day like i got nothing and that's what it feels like to be old i have a taste now of what it feels you know how like they got that commercial with the old person needs that like arm extender to reach things i felt like that old person you know like i needed life alert and I needed that like extension gripper thing, you know, to grab things off the top of the fridge because I was done. I literally could not move. I'm like, I know what this means. It means my pod isn't filled with the things that need to be in there, but I literally could not give up. That's how exhausted or get up. That's how exhausted I was. And I'm like, this is what it's like to be old. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I got people for that, so I can't really relate. So check it, right? Like literally we knew with all the crap going on with my mom and all this stuff, we hired a dude. We're like, hey, come on. 
and nobody was free because you know when people die and you fly in and fly out it's kind of last minute everything is like you, you don't anticipate this everybody was booked i will tell you something i would have gladly shelled out double what they were asking and there just nobody was available you know what in la it was it was montgomery you know i think there's like two people that do that for a living there are you serious like you I'm literally couldn't that. find anyone to help we had one guy who had an opening and he goes, when do you need it? And his one option was, can, can you have it ready by tomorrow? <laughs> We're like, no. You know, he's like, tomorrow work? We're like, no, it's not going to work at all. So um, we weren't even close to ready. Like we called him as soon as we decided we we're going to do it. Wow. He came over for an estimate, walked through the house and looked at everything. But uh, tomorrow weren't going to happen because yeah. we still had things to go through and sort and Man, my mom had weird stuff tucked in places. It wasn't like if if you had a cabinet, like you could find something like this is kind of funny. Um, on her deathbed, she was telling everybody, you know, make sure you, you find this, you know, make sure you find this. And one, one of the things that became like a little joke was we have a letter from Arthur Conan Doyle, the guy who wrote Sherlock Holmes. It was somewhere in that house and we could not for the light. And she's like, it's in the family room in the top right bookshelf. And we're like, well, like, what's the family? Do you ever have that conversation? Like, what's the family room? <laughs> I never knew that in my house. There was like the room you couldn't sit on the furniture, right? Then there was like the room everyone watched TV in. Then there was kind of like the dining room. But you're like, which one's the family room? Like, I don't get that. Is it the one with the TV? I think it's that one. Did they all have the, bookshelves? Oh, yeah. My mom has books. My mom had bookshelves in hallways, man. She had, that woman had books. That's where I got it from. And uh, she had bookshelves. And, and the first thing we did was we got rid of all of her professional books, like her teaching stuff and her textbooks and all that. She was, a, she was an educator. So we got rid of all that crap. And, uh, and we shifted, we shunted all the, to make room, we shifted all the books onto, uh, other bookshelves. So the first, first time we read the notes, my brother found the notes of that our aunts took about where stuff was. He goes, Hey brother, I think we screwed this up. And sure enough, we did get a top right of some bookshelf and wherever the family, but top right of any bookshelf no longer meant anything. Cause we had shifted all the books around and. So I don't know, man, somewhere someone's going to open a book and be like, oh, what do you know? And they'll probably and, uh, take it into uh, the pawn shop and uh, find out it's worth like five grand and sell a letter. It pretty much. It, it's kind of a priceless deal. You know, it's one of those things. Hey, that nothing is, is priceless. There's a price on everything. <laughs> and I'm going to find is, out man. what it is. I, I found, did I tell you this last week? I found like original cells from Disney films. You did. You mentioned that. Oh my gosh, dude. My mom's, it, it was cool. It was like Aladdin's cave, man. You're like, what in the heck? Where'd you get this? In between cool. receipts from 1978. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she kept everything, dude. I mean, I mean everything. Yeah. You know, um, that's when, when my wife's grandmother died, they had to be really careful when cleaning out her room. Because they kept finding money stashed in like the craziest places, like hundred dollar bills yep. would be in this book, you know, uh, the sleeve on it, the jacket on the book, and like they had to be really careful when they were cleaning out stuff. That was my dad. 
So when my dad died, we found over a thousand dollars in cash. Really? Hidden all throughout the house. Yeah. That was my dad. He did that same exact thing. I love that. Just those, the, the squirrel, just squirrel it all away. I'm glad I only have two parents, man, because I can't do this again. I've lost both my parents now, and I, I just, I'm done. A mom, dad, cool. I'm glad, I'm glad they weren't Mormons because I can't go through anyone else's stuff. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I think our smack talk today has suffered enough. I think it's time to just put a bullet in it and put it out of its misery. I wish you had a sound effect of a dog being, never mind. I, I don't have a dog. That was but, in poor taste. But what I do have. <laughs> don't do that. That's what that's what I got for you. Um, hey, I'll take it, man. Any sound effect is a good sound effect. I want my mama mia. I want that one back. <laughs> I really miss that one. Mamma Mia. That's a spicy meatball. I want my <laughs> what? I missed that one. Well, I almost did that with Cosley when you, you said something. Oh. I almost went, what? You should have done that, man. I, oh, I don't man. have Tyrone's Mickey Mouse. I I, I don't have because I it's a new computer. Can we can we retrieve these? It's a new computer. Wait, it, wait, it's wait, literally wait, it's wait, not on my computer. I don't have uh, I don't have Mr. Miyagi talking about church did, planting. Did you not back like these grape. things up and put them in the cloud and then you download them again? That was part of my problem. So I did the whole time machine thing on the new computer. Oh. And there's something wrong with my old computer. The software it was what was screwing it up. So after oh. two new computers, they they basically took it back and said, "Somehow you fried this one with your software. We don't even know how you did it, but you did it." Wow. I just had to start new. And that's why I don't have anything. Wow, dude. That's crazy. So all I can say is if you have a great sound effect you'd like to hear on the Church Planner Podcast, send it on over. My yeah, email I address sent you like a is, couple hundred and they never made it. Dude, you sent me a bunch and like you want me to then go fetch them off the internet, download them, clean them up, put it in there. In the soundboard, I'm like, no, no, I stuck them in a Dropbox folder for you. Well, then they're still in the Dropbox folder. I bet they're still in there. Yeah, I don't know where that is. All right, I'll 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 find it and send it. I have I have like um, they were so good. I have something like 75 gigs of data in my Dropbox. So don't expect me to go know where your sound effects are in my Dropbox. I did, and I kind of sent you an email the usual way. Yeah, but you know what? That was a long (laughs) time ago. That was a long time ago, man. <laughs> oh, see, you just reminded me of uh, Bill Paxton. I miss our. I don't oh, know if you're keeping up with current events, man. But we're getting our butts kicked. <laughs> I don't know if you've been keeping up with current events. <laughs> Sorry, we're entertaining ourselves. Let's get into the topic, shall we? Oh, and another one. Where's the dog? Greg Scott. <laughs> it's. <laughs> this week's topic <laughs> um or uh, w- welcome to oh. today's uh, to the church planning podcast you are today's topic is and then we would say uh gosh man i i forgot about all these we had a cool podcast man <laughs> we did and then i had to get a new computer stupid new computers ruined everything and stupid bill gates 
You and Al Gore inventing the internet and then ruining everything. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and do this, shall we? So, we talked last week about the wrong kind of people for your church plant. Why you? <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> it's just air, airplane germs. You know, I was stuck in a metal hollow tube with wings yesterday for five hours with a bunch of stinky people. Were you in the middle seat? I wasn't. I was so glad. Don't you hate the middle seat? I see when I do the cross country. Now you're small, but when I do the cross country, I'm bumping up the first class because I am not doing that. So they had a minor and her mom that they wanted to sit together and they sat next to me. I was on the aisle, but you should have seen the guy. Apparently, they had two Joneses sitting next to each other, and that can't be allowed because that's just too much awesomeness in one row. So they called the Joneses to the counter, and so me and this huge, and I mean huge dude, come to the counter. And I found out later that that was the dude they moved. I'm telling you, man, he would have taken up my seat and his. I mean, he was humongoid. I would have been like squirmed up against like, I would have been in the aisle. Yeah, and uh, later on, I was so glad they they asked me. They said, "Do you want an upgrade to one of the the, the emergency aisles?" So he got that. So that was kind of cool. But uh, but anyways, so our topic we talked about how marketing, good marketing, um, it, it repels as much as it attracts, and we applied that principle last week to church planting in general. We looked at a a few different things. We looked at how evangelism does that. Um, evangelism will repel. As well, you know, like like Jesus said, I came to bring a sword. Um, you know, Paul says the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing. Um, we're a savor of death unto death and life unto life. And so, you know, Pete had kind of mentioned this, that he's getting all this hate mail um, because the wrong kind of people for our Bible inner circle are, you know, kind of hating on it. And Pete's like, well, you, w- you wouldn't have been good for this. And so... Pete is a marketer. He's like, I've just learned over the years. People unsubscribed to my email. doesn't matter. They weren't going to buy my product. And it's the same with, um, you know, uh, church planning core teams. I think that's one of the biggest things to realize, not just evangelism, but even within your church. I have watched church planners get absolutely killed, um, just buried under people's expectations of the church plan. So for example, the church planner starts off, he wants to do well, he wants to have numbers. So he starts catering to everyone because he wants to make everybody happy. He doesn't want everybody to leave his brand new baby church plan. And what he starts doing is he starts cowing to them and meeting their everyday man. Well, I think we should have this in the church plan. I think we should have that in the church plan. And rather than setting the course and saying, guys, this is what God's called us to do. And uh, and you can do that together. It doesn't have to be like, in fact, I hate it when it's one guy making up all the rules. But your calling should have been, sure, your your direction should have been pretty known before you you were going to launch. You you should have known what you were going to do and how you're going to do it and who you're going to reach primarily um, early on in the game. That's part of the calling, to be honest. Whenever God calls people, he tells them what he wants them to do. Like, for example, he calls Paul and he says, I've called you to open the eyes of the Gentiles, you know, open the eyes of the blind, go to the Gentiles, turn, you know, go to the lost sheep. So you, you know your calling. Well, anyways, um, 
what happens with planters who do not repel is they end up just, you know, eventually, like, let's say the church plant. I've watched a church planter where he was a young guy, he had tons of life in him, tons of vibrancy. And his church plant became this, like, traditional, morbid, old person place that was ineffective. And it was just another gathering for Christians who wanted to have their own way. And so when we talk about repellent ministry, you know, we mentioned how Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He didn't want crowds of people. He wasn't into numbers. He wanted people that would would hang on him for the words of eternal life and would die to themselves and would eat his flesh and drink his blood if that's what it took. <clears throat> and um, so we want to talk about what are the kind of people that you actually want to want to find for your church plan who are the people when you look around in your core team you think man this is ideal well number one you don't want perfect people basically what you're saying is you want to figure out how do i clone a pete mitchell yeah pretty much how do i clone pete mitchell's in someone else's church far away from my church plan (laughs) (laughs) no i'm teasing but but to be honest, that's what you want. Okay, so you don't want a room full of people who all want to be senior pastors, right? You, you think, oh, you know, like, cool, you know, people who are – let me tell you something about people who want to go into ministry and they, they're with you in your church plant. Often what they do is they hang back. They hang back because it's not theirs. They're there to get something. Um, and this can, this can, by the way, be, be a very, um, let me just step back for a second and talk about church planning versus pastoring a church. When you pastor an established church, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a paycheck, there's status, there's all these great things. If you look at Paul, when Paul took Timothy, he was going to disciple him, but it was sucky. I mean, Paul talks about the shipwrecks, the beatings, the hunger, the nakedness, and he says, you know, God put us dis- apostles on display that we're the scum of the earth. Like nobody wanted that job. So when Paul found people that were willing to come with him, um, they were tough. And so they were in it for the right reason. They were there because they weren't going to get anything out of it. They were going to only be able to give. Right. So they were out there on the front lines. They were giving. So you want people whose primary thing, primary Motive is to to give and to reach the lost. If there's anything else that people are looking for, it's probably not going to end well for those people. Like John Mark. John Mark comes because Barnabas invites him. It's his uncle. And it's hard. And he takes off and goes back home because, you know, this is hard. I thought this was going to be fun. So Peter, remember when um, we got the crowds in the very beginning days, I gave my blood, sweat and tears speech. Or my eat my flesh, drink my drink my blood speech to refuge and was like, hey, this is gonna suck. Um, it's it's there's gonna be lesbians here that are gonna be kissing in front of your kids. There's gonna be people that I was trying to get rid of all the people that I already knew were gonna have a problem eventually. So I, I was trying to get people that said, you know what, come what may, we're in this for the lost and we're in this for mission. And, um, even, even Charlie, my co-planner was like, Hey man, you got to stop, you know, like we, we got to stop trying to drive people away. Like he was on to me. He knew exactly what I was doing. And in my very last 
night of doing it. He was like, can we stop doing this now? And he was right. It was time to end, but I'd already known that it's just, he didn't, <clears throat> but the people that you want, um, you, you don't want a bunch of leaders because if you have a bunch of leaders, they're just jockeying for position. They're just waiting to get something. So, um, it, believe it or not, um, you don't want the guy who just wants to preach. You don't want the guy who's using you as a stepping stone to a pastorate because they're going to hold back and they're never going to give you what you think. Cause you think, Oh, cool. Someone ready for ministry. Awesome. You know, that that's going to, now you should have partners that are ready to plant out. Like Charlie was that kind of guy. That's great. But you want people where they don't want something from you. They don't want something from this experience other than, um, and, and when I say don't want something, what I mean is they're not, they don't want position, right? That's the last person you want. Um, so what you want is it doesn't matter. They don't have to be leaders. They don't have to be anything else. And this is what we found in Refuge Long Beach. If you look at the 12, those 12 were not ministry hopefuls. Like nobody would have looked at them except for maybe John and Andrew and said, hey, these guys would make great um, leaders one day. Or these, like no one would have thought that of Peter. No one would have thought that probably of Matthew, the tax collector. No one would have thought that of, uh, you know, Thaddeus. His name means milk baby. You know, he was like a little snot-nosed kid, you know, and uh, someone's little brother. So you, you didn't look at these guys and go, oh, leadership. Um, but Jesus poured into them. And so what I've learned over the years is people that are willing to be discipled and poured into um, are going to be people. And by the way, one of the ways that you disciple people is you have to take them on mission. So you tell people what you're going to get out of this is going to be you're going to go on mission and you are going to be discipled as a a a, a really a, a follower of Jesus. If that's not enough, then that's not enough. That's okay. You don't want those people. But what you really want is you want people who are um, they're humble. And one of the ways that I've seen God really use people is he uses broken people. He doesn't use people who think they got it together. Um, in church plants where you got a bunch of people that think they're super holy, um, they become pharisaical. And so, so you often with the church plant where God's going to use, he uses people that themselves have already been broken. Um, maybe they've, they've, you know, they've, yeah. Do, do I get to talk in this podcast? You, uh, you do. I was kind of hoping you jump in. You guys didn't see it, but I had to raise my hand. That's how I got Peyton's attention because <laughs> he doesn't normally let me talk. I was looking right at you because I was thinking, this is Pete. He's a big sinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why I raised my hand. No, what I was going to say is um, what I found interesting is is uh rick warren he has a i heard i don't know this i haven't heard this directly from him um but he's got a rule that he won't let anyone on his staff who hasn't been hurt deeply yeah that's exactly it people people that have been broken which is peter right i mean on the day of pentecost he stands up because he's been broken and um and i just find like some of the sweetest ministers of christ are people that just they're very in touch with their own sinfulness. Mm. And because of that, they they just get grace and they know how to deal with people. And 
the priorities have shifted around, you know, like how, I don't know if anyone here listening has been through this where you want to be in ministry so bad, but your personal life was a mess and you were just going for it, going for ministry. I think a lot of ministers, they walk that road and they, they either get broken, um, you know, and it breaks their ministry along with it, or it happens in a way where they just, they surrender earlier on. Um, there's that, that verse where it says, you know, he who falls on the son of man will be broken, but to he whom the son of man falls upon, he'll be crushed. And, um, and there's those two ways. It's like, we could do this the easy way. You can follow me and be broken, or we could do this hard way. I'll fall on you and crush you. I, I still love you. It's, it's still me working in you, but you know, over the years, my, my prayers often been, Lord, don't, don't have to crush me. Let me be broken before then. And, um, and he broke Peter and he loved Peter, man. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I, I think that's so important. Um, you know, refuge Long Beach, right? Look at the, look at the motley crew of people that we had early on. Same with, same with pillar. We got people that, um, they just, you know, a, a lot of people are, um, they've been ground up in the system of church prior to church planning. Mm. You know, they, they've been to churches and like, uh, I'm licking my wounds. Like, like the Bible inner circle you mentioned last week, a lot of these guys are licking their wounds and, you know, people that are licking their wounds are, they kind of have a cut the crap attitude. <laughs> I'm not here to play church anymore. Mm. I'm not here to kiss some guy's butt. I'm not here to build somebody else's thing. I'm here for Jesus and I'm here for the lost. And, um, and, and when you got a group of people that are there for that, it's a good thing. And also people that are broken and don't have it all together, they're good practice for a church planning core team to, to really meet together in community and, and administer the grace of God to one another. And there's something that happens when the, when the grace of God is, cause we, we've talked about this before that that has to be the atmosphere of the church plan. So the leader has to share out of his brokenness. Um, the leader has to, to really, um, be vulnerable and human and say, you know, and leaders, but, um, but, but say, Hey, I don't have it all together either because you want people's eyes on Jesus. The reason that, that grace is so powerful. So grace ushers in the presence of the Holy Spirit, like almost nothing else. That's why communion, you do communion. Um, and I suggest people do communion every week. Um, particularly during your core team, because you're constantly coming together under this brokenness of, hey, um, I don't have it all together. And Jesus said, as often as you come together, do this in remembrance of me. So when when you come together and say, hey, Lord, I, I don't have it all together. Um, Jesus said, when you pray like that, the Father always hears that. You know, the Pharisees stand in the temple going, God, I thank you. I got it all together. Jesus is like, that guy's not hurt. And so when your church plant comes together and it's a bunch of broken people, um, then, you know, they're coming together around the cross and the cross is where the power is. The cross is where, you know, God alone gets the glory. Um, and that's why I think for grace, it needs to be the atmosphere because grace gives God glory like nothing else. And it, it's where everybody else has to be humbled. And if you can do that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to find people that, 
you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna help create that atmosphere of grace. That it's our daily bread. So, of course, the next logical question is, where do I find those people? Do I put on an ad in the penny saver? Craigslist? Yeah, well, they'll come. They they will come. So as you, um, you know, we've talked about gathering core teams that you speak at churches and share your vision. You know, you you start off, you know, for example, like like that's really helpful because I'm sure people don't go back and listen like 200 episodes back, right? Because <laughs> I think it was about 200 episodes ago. Um, but you you would you would contact pastors and say, hey, I'm going to plant in this area, and you find you'll find sympathetic pastors. Some would be like, hey, don't come in my neighborhood. But you, you go talk to those pastors. You share your vision. You get them to partner with you. And you go speak at their churches. And afterwards, like how I met Pete, when I went and shared at Refuge, Pete came up to me afterwards and said, hey. Um, like no, I talk. signed up on your list. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, you on, signed up dude, on my list. And then I called you. Introvert. Often, introvert. I'm not going up to you. I'm not shaking your hand, giving you a big <laughs> hug. Come on. Well, but but often you will have people come to you afterward and say, "Hey, I really resonated with with what you said," and um and and you'll find people that way. Other ways, you know, you you'll have friends of friends. So people who come with you tell their friends. I mean, there's all different kinds of ways. You know, you meet strangers and you just get to talking, and they come that way. I used to call it the quickening, like from the Highlander. There can be only one. You just the Holy Spirit draws you together with people. Um, there's, there's a lot of different ways. And then one of the other things too. So I mentioned those who don't have an agenda, um, those who are broken. And then the other part is those who are willing to work. And, um, this is, this is a, this is a tough one because on one hand, you don't want people that, you know, uh, I hate being a slave driver. So always to me, and by the way, guys, I'll, I'll share with you a little tidbit. Um, when you see a church leader who is driving people for this goal of building this church and, um, you know, everyone's like amazing things are happening on the surface and people are coming to faith and the church is exploding and their programs are in place and they're awesome. Um, that's actually part of the gifting of the Holy Spirit. I know. We can turn it into a very negative thing. But over the years, as I've watched, I've noticed that that's the evangelist. When the evangelist is leading a church, he becomes that slave driver. That's why you, you almost kind of don't want the evangelist to, to lead on his own because he, you know, they create casualties. And those are the people that often a church planner inherits on their core team as a guy that got burnt out and. You know, the slave driver's like, more bricks, less straw. I want you here at 6 a.m. on a Sunday. And, you know, and I want you to leave at midnight, you know, because we got 14 services. And the evangelist, he he will, because he's he is focused on the loss, but he'll drive everyone into the ground. And the shepherd, this is why, again, Church Zero, cha-ching, team leadership. In a, in a pastor-only model, the, the evangelist is still there masquerading as a pastor, but that's an evangelist. And when the evangelist is doing that, it, it leads to fantastic results for lost people coming in. But the people aren't shepherded and, and they get burnt out and not cared for. And when they go, I'm tired, the guy goes, where's your commitment? You know, because evangelists are just going to go out there and, you know, till, till they're expend every last breath in their body. So 
what I was going to say is you got to be careful with this because many people, when they come to you, they have been worked to death if they've come from this, or maybe they've come from a struggling church where the guy's like taking it out on the people and he's, he's doing all that. Maybe he's like, Hey, I need your help, man. I can't do this by myself, you know? And, and, and he's, or, or he's a bad leader. They've come from bad leadership where they've made, as the old saying goes, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And, uh, and, and I would say we got those people. Um, we got, for example, I remember a couple that had been 30 years. They were an older couple at a particular church and they were in their fifties and they had been at this one church and they had been doing, I think it was like Sunday school overheads or something stupid like that. And they showed up and they ran that thing and they hated it. They were there for 30 years doing church chores, ministry they absolutely hated. And when they got to us, we didn't ask them to do anything. And so they were in my small group. And that was, I talk about this couple all the time. It was um, Steve and Sarah. Once we found out what their gifting was, then they were able to run forward and grow spiritually. And so, um, so, so you want people that are going to work hard, but you have to find what their gifting is. You have to find the right slot. It'd be like if I brought Pete into my church plant and I was like, Hey Pete, we need greeters <laughs> or Hey Pete, we need someone to lead music. Yeah. Yeah. We need the guy up there with the microphone, the song leader. Have you ever seen a song leader in, in a church? No, it's like a, that's, I think it's like an EV free or a, you know, like a, um, it's like very old school. It's like 1950 search. They'd have a guy up there and they'd be like, Star Wars, if they should, Bar Wars, kind of like Bill Murray on that Saturday Night Live skit where he was the uh, ski lodge entertainer and he was doing karaoke. That's kind of how it is. So if you do that, I'm sorry I offended you, but, uh, and EV free, big respect, but that's where I saw it. That's where I've seen it. But, um, but the, the, the bottom line is that, you know, uh, you don't want people that are just there for a free ride either. And you have to tell people, hey, this is kind of like, I mentioned blood, sweat, and tears. Blood, sweat, and tears is telling people, hey, this is a church plant. This is where your gifts are needed. We're going to find out what your gifts are. And that, if you remember in the core team meetings, um, that was one of my major focus in our vision meeting was finding people's gifts. Um, I just drove past that Holiday Inn towering over the 405 last night in Long Beach. And I just looked up and, and finally went, mm, I remember that that day, man, where we... We, we spent time getting to know people's gifts and, uh, and, and that is strategically crucial for you. But, um, but yeah, you, 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 you have to tell them that everybody needs, it's like a Flintstone car, man. Everybody's feet got to come out the bottom. <laughs> nobody, nobody gets to put their feet up here. You know, we're all going tap, 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 tap with our feet, you know, yabba dabba do. Yeah. I was watching, uh, or read an article on uh, Francis Chan and apparently some talk he gave it at Facebook and he was talking about why he, um, you know, left his mega church and, and it was, you know, which we we've heard the story before, but as he was telling the story, he goes, you know, I realized that, um, 5,000 people a week are showing up to see my gift and not utilizing their own. They just come for the show and then they go and he goes, and that's, that's not what we're called to do. 
we're all called to use our gifts. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why he decided to step down and, and, uh, do his new, we are the church thing that he's doing and, and all of that, getting people to actually implement their gifts. That's it, man. And, and you can do that in a church plan. You know, you don't have to completely adopt Francis's model or leave, you know, like he's doing stuff out of, out of his apartment building and stuff like that. But you can, you can do this in a church plan. Church planning is a time to get that DNA in, in the right way. And I think with Francis, he planted using the DNA of, of churches he had already known it. So really what he did is he set out to, to, to start this new thing, but you know, make no mistake. You can, you can set this as the DNA in your church from day one. If, if you're church planning, right. yeah, I would say those are the, the, the big ones, people that, that, and, and, and here's the deal when kind of like you said, Hey, the next logical question is, and the next logical question would be, well, how do I, how do I get people that are willing to work or how do I get people? And here's the deal. People that are inspired by your vision will make amazing sacrifices. If they're excited and inspired by it, they will, they will sacrifice for it. They will bend over backwards to lay their life. If they're seeing people come to faith and people getting saved and um, lives changing um, and people outside, by the way, um, people that are millionaires, they'll give money towards that. You show them life change. You show them those kinds of, and even people who aren't a part of your church plant will get inspired and will partner with you. And that, that's a big deal, man. They, they too will sacrifice of their time and money. I, I can't tell you how many people have either given or visited Refuge Long Beach to serve. Um, we had that EV Free Church coming for six months, one Sunday a month to come and serve because they're inspired. And they said, we want our people to get this into their DNA. Um, we had, um, what do you call it? Um, we had people turning up just to serve breakfast. It wasn't their church, but they're like, we want to be here and be a part of this. And it's just kind of cool. It so is. you have yeah. to inspire people uh, with your vision. And, and, and also, I, I yeah. suppose, the results. It needs to be the Holy Spirit at work there. And when people see that, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna lay it down. I dig it, man. I dig it. So let me tell you, or let me ask you, while you're doing all this stuff um, and, and you're finding these, these core team members, <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? Uh, I, I, I see you, Pete. I know what you're doing. How do you I'm find, on to you, pal. How do you find someone? I suck at math. Okay, I suck at math. <laughs> just, just tell me. Just, just stop making it so painful, man. How do you find someone to help you out with your payroll, your bookkeeping, your insurances, your, your uh, pastoral pay, your housing allowance? How do you find someone who keeps you out of trouble with the IRS? Well, I just go personally. I don't have time to be looking for all that. I just go to simplifychurch.com. What? And they do all of it for me. So they should head on over and uh, talk to Josh over there at simplifychurch.com. Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Former church planner and uh, loves to work with all of your bookkeeping and IRS uh What's the word I'm looking for? Compatibility? No. I don't know, but they take care of all that stuff. Yeah. You don't, we don't even have the words for what they do. 
Not when we're jet lagged <laughs> and sleep deprived. We don't, but it's good stuff. Hey, dim are good. Go there. And one oh, of the things on. that I should, should tell everyone, if you really want to find a great community of bivocational pastors that uh, you can connect with. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like dueling, dueling podcast ads. Ding, 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 ding. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go. Here we go. If you want to find bivocational pastors <laughs> that you can connect with, head on over coffee. to Bivo. Luke, I'm your father. BivoInnerCircle.com. <laughs> hey, you seen Jedi 16 times, eh? That was, these are oh, all of our, all of our brew. effects came back today. Oh, I need Strange Brew. I got to add that one to the, to the soundboard. Cool, 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 cool. And while you're at it, guys, if you haven't, since this is dueling podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Are we going for it? Yeah. Reach the unreached book.com. <laughs> hey, reaching the unreached book.com. Are you kidding me? Guys, order that for your church plan. If you want to reach the unreached in your community and you want to see people activating their gifts and you want to see the right kind of people on your core team, then you need to grab that book and infuse, splice it into their DNA. Use it as a small group. Each chapter has uh, discussion points for small groups and action steps that they can take in the community. That means it gets them from being a Princeton professor just talking about these ideas to actually becoming a temple raider doing something with those ideas. So that is reachingtheunreachbook.com. Cha-ching! And for our podcast listeners... If you go to churchsource.com in the next couple weeks. Are you going to another one? What is this, like the longest stream no, of no, ads no. ever? This is the same. This is the same. You want 50% off. Pity. 50% off. You go to churchsource.com, and when you click on my book, it's already discounted 30%. But if you want 50%, you enter the code JONES50. All caps. I like that. JONES50. Jones. 50, as in Dr. Jones. I, so, w- I would tell him I want Jones in. <laughs> Jones I'm Jones in for 50. your book. I want Jones yeah. in. That's all I'm saying. No, it's Jones because Indiana Jones and, you know, I am Peyton Jones. I, I, I see what they did there. But uh, anyways, guys, that was churchsource.com. How much do you want to bet 50? people what? are picking up that book and going, why did they let a woman talk about this? Peyton Jones? I'm telling you. <laughs> Hey, man, all I'm saying is if you want to take your church through it, I just gave you an idea. I gave you a small group curriculum, and I gave you 50% off. That's better than what you get if you ordered in bulk from Amazon or from uh, Zondervan themselves. So, guys, thanks for joining us today for the Church Planner uh, podcast Um uh, I want to say it's the church planting, church planter podcast ad episode, um, <laughs> particularly at the end here. And we want to remind you, if you want to reach the ones no one is reaching, <laughs> I'm going to butcher this because I'm so jet lagged. Uh, you need to go where nobody's going and you need to do what nobody, including Pete Mitchell, is doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. 
visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.